Grab your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. And we will be reading verses 16 to 20. Um, if you're not aware, this Sunday is Mission Sunday. And yes, one person. There's a group here that are doing fantastic. Um, and thank you. Keep doing it, guys. This morning is Mission Sunday, and the goal of our time is to highlight um, what God is doing locally and globally through our church. And so what we're going to be doing is I'm going to provide and lay a foundation of missions as we see it as a church, and then we're going to have a couple of updates um, of people um, that are going to share updates and give you information on what God's been doing so far, and also um, talk about how you guys can be involved. Um, I am excited um, about this Sunday because we are four years old, and ever since um, the start of our church, we have seen God give us opportunities to be on mission. Um, being on mission is something every church is called to. And so we're going to learn a bit more about that, and then we're going to hear those updates. How does that sound? You have no choice but to say yes. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I love that question. So how does that sound? You, no one's ever going to say no. I don't like it. It doesn't sound good. Anyway, Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 to 20. And as we always do, please stand in reverence and honor for God's word. Matthew chapter 28 verses 16 to 20 reads, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let's pray. God, thank you so much. We say thank you, not as an introduction to our prayer, but we say, when we say thank you, God, we mean it. And so, God, thank you. May you bring to mind in all of our hearts the many things you've done for us that we should be thankful for. And as you do, May we respond in praise to you. This morning, as we pause to look at all that you've been doing in and through our church, I pray that we would be thankful and that our thankful hearts would lead us further and further into the mission you've called us to. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, have a seat. 
if you've been around King's Cross for a while now, you'll know what we're all about. It's kind of redundant. We say it every Sunday. You'll know that we exist to be a church family on mission with Jesus. And as a church family, we believe several things. We believe, first of all, that Scripture is sufficient. We also pray about everything as a church because we believe in the power of prayer. As a church family, we seek to be radically generous. Not just generous, right? But radically generous. Generous in a way that makes us uncomfortable. As a church family, we also want to be actively involved in each other's lives, all right? It's not about just it's me and Jesus, and Jesus is my homeboy, and me and Jesus are going to live this life together. No, if you are a Christian, you are also um, meant to be in community with other Christians, and above all, as a church family, we are obsessed with Jesus Christ. Thank you. But we're not just a church family doing our best to love God and um, serve and love one another, but we are also a church family on mission with Jesus. In other words, we're not here to only focus upwards in loving God and focus um, inwards in loving each other, but we also exist to focus outwards to be on mission with Jesus. So, if we're a church family on mission with Jesus, what is our mission all about? Okay? What mission are we trying to accomplish with Jesus? Thankfully, when this church was started four years ago, it wasn't difficult trying to figure out our mission as a church. We didn't have lengthy board meetings and strategic meetings. We didn't read a ton of books um, to figure out what our mission was. We read one book, and it was clear what our mission was because our mission as a church came from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ himself. And our mission, which is given by Jesus, can be found in Matthew chapter 28, 16 to 20. And that is what we just read. It's known as the Great Commission. And the Great Commission is the mission of our church. And it's not just the mission of our church. I think, I believe, the Great Commission should be the mission of every church in every generation. And so, let's do this. Let's take a closer look. Let's get a magnifying glass. Just a pretend one. And take a closer look at Matthew 28, 16 to 20. 
to discover what the mission of our church is. Okay, let's do that. And so, after his resurrection, all right, Jesus tells his disciples to meet him at the top of a mountain so he can unveil to them what their mission is. As soon as they have resurrected, Jesus appears to his disciples on the mountain. It says, right, in verse 17, that some worship him. But sadly, it also says at the end of verse 17 that others um, still doubted. And that's really interesting, isn't it? Really interesting. Regardless of this mixed response, before Jesus makes, reveals the mission, he encourages them. He says in verse 18, look at verse 18. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. This statement is really important. Okay? Jesus, because Jesus is basically saying that the mission he's about to commission them for has nothing to do with them but everything to do with him it has nothing to do with what they can do for him but everything to do with what he will do through them all authority has been given to Jesus. Kevin DeYoung, who's a pastor and author, says this, God does not send out his church to conquer. He sends us in the name of the one who has already conquered. He, we go only because he reigns. And so with this important bit of information in mind, Jesus then unveils the mission he's calling them and us to in verses 19 and 20. And so I want us to read that carefully again, right? Because that is the summary, I believe, of our mission as a church. Look at verses 19 and 20, all right? It reads, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe, observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. And so under the authority of Jesus, our mission is to go and make disciples. And how we're to make disciples is by preaching and teaching. Okay, preaching the gospel. So there's no preaching in there, but the fact that people are being baptized implies that there was preaching. Okay, because no one gets baptized without hearing the gospel and believing the gospel. And the only way people believe and hear the gospel is if someone preaches the gospel. All right, and so we're called to make disciples by number one, preaching, okay, the gospel. And number two, teaching and training and developing disciples of Jesus to obey him. And so, last but not least, Jesus concludes his announcement by reassuring them and us that whatever they go, wherever they go, um, he'll be with them even to the end of the age. In other words, our mission to make disciples begins with Jesus and ends with who? I can't hear you. Thank you. Guys are lovely. Don't have to do what I say, but thanks for doing it. And so our mission as a church is to make disciples through preaching the gospel so that the lost people can get saved, okay, and maturing the saved through the um, teaching and training. And so we know what our mission is, to make disciples. 
We know how to make disciples. We preach the gospel and help disciples grow by teaching them. But what we need to get clarity on is what exactly is a disciple? Right, you hear the word disciple all the time. Discipling. And some of you, when you hear the word discipling, you imagine being in a coffee shop with someone <laughs> older than you. Right? When you hear the word discipling, I don't know, you're thinking of, you know, I don't know, whatever. I can't think of another illustration. But what is a disciple? Let's start with a bit of Greek, shall we? <laughs> My father-in-law was here from London, and he's so Greek. <laughs> and it's just a Greek. He has um, heard a lot of Greek. The Greek word for disciple is machetes. I hope I pronounced it right. It means, machetes, it means one who is a learner or student. In Jesus' day, every rabbi, you know, a rabbi is a Jewish scholar or teacher, had a group of machetes, disciples. And those disciples, what they did was they dedicated their entire life to following and learning from this rabbi. It was intense. Yeah? Jesus, when he called his disciples, what did they do? They left their career, they left everything, dropped everything and followed him, dedicated their life to him. And so back then in the ancient world, rabbis had disciples who followed them in order, dedicated their life to them in order to learn from them. And so a disciple is someone who is a follower a learner, and an imitator. And what's interesting is that this isn't just an ancient practice. This is what I mean. Today, there are modern-day disciples. What I mean by that is we're all disciples of someone or something. Okay? Even if you're not a Christian, even if you're a Christian, yes, I'm a disciple of Jesus, but I guarantee, I bet if we looked at our lives, you are a disciple of someone or something else. Okay? Musicians have disciples. Justin Bieber has his believers. <laughs> right? Is that what they're called? All those believers, his fat, they're all his he's like they're all his disciples. Children are disciples of their parents. Brooks Brothers and J. Crew have a bunch of disciples, right? Because, you know, you see someone and you're like, they go to Brooks Brothers by how they're dressed or something. So we are all disciples. In a similar way, Jesus' disciples were his students who followed him so they could learn from him to become like him. And so what then is a disciple according to Christianity? This is a definition. A disciple is a forgiving sinner who is learning Christ in repentance and faith. A disciple is a forgiven sinner who is learning Christ in repentance and faith. And so, if you've trusted in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are one of his disciples. Your goal in life is to follow Jesus so you can know him and become like him. 
And your goal in life is not just to follow Jesus for yourself, but to share the gospel so others may follow Jesus for themselves as well. You're a disciple who is called to make disciples. The mission Jesus called his disciples to some 2,000 years ago is this very same mission he calls us to right here, right now in San Diego, and that is to make disciples. And how we do this is by going, proclaiming, baptizing, teaching, all for the purpose of making faithful disciples of Jesus who obey everything he has commanded. Put simply, our mission is to tell everyone, everywhere, who, Je who Jesus is and what he has done for them so that they may stop living for themselves and start living for him. This is our task. This is our purpose. This is our mission, and this is why we exist. And so, if our mission is to make disciples by preaching and teaching, okay, this is an important question. If our mission is to make disciples by preaching and teaching, what about good works? What about things like getting involved in service projects in our city? What about feeding the homeless or caring for the needy? How is Mercy Ministries related to our mission to make disciples? Does our mission to make disciples involve helping people in need and serving our city? How does it all relate? How does it all correlate? And that is something I want us to briefly just deal with now, okay? Like, we are called to make disciples through proclaiming and teaching, absolutely. But we're also called to love our neighbors and care for the needy. As a church family on mission with Jesus, we will continue to be involved in serving our community. You're going to hear a bit more about those things today, right? We're going to provide for the poor and needy. We're going to pursue racial justice and reconciliation. We would like to join in the fight against sex trafficking and contribute to improve health in developing countries. We want to be good Samaritans. When we see a need, we want to be able to do all we can to meet it. And this year, Praise God, we were able to bring on Sierra as our local outreach, and her goal is to help us identify some of the needs in our community and our neighborhood, and to also identify the resources and gifts within our church so that we can try and meet those needs. Right? But how does this all relate to making disciples? Okay? Kevin DeYoung helps us here. He says this, It is not the church's responsibility to right every wrong or meet every need, though we have biblical motivation to do so. Okay? It is our responsibility, however, 
our unique mission and plain priority that this unpopular, impractical gospel message gets told that neighbors and nations may know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing they may have life in his name. And so when it comes to our mission, King's Cross Church is called to focus on making disciples, okay? And the biblical motivation we have to right wrongs and meet needs are some of the things we use to leverage the making of disciples, Charles Spurgeon says this, When they see Christians feeding the hungry, comforting the suffering, supporting the financially and physically weak, unbelievers see our service. Through this, hearts can be softened to Christ. Our church is not an organization, right, that, 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 that just helps people. Okay, our church is not an organization um, um, that just exists to just, yeah, let's make disciples. But our church is made up of disciples, okay, who make disciples using every opportunity God gives us. And so if you're a Christian, you're not ultimately here for your career. If you're a student, you're not primarily here to get good grades. If you're in the military, oh, your ultimate aim, ultimate aim in life is not to serve your country. If you're a healthcare worker, your overarching goal in life is not just to help people stay healthy. If you're a mom or dad, your primary goal in life is not to raise good and respectful kids. The truth is, whatever you're involved in exists as a platform for you to make more disciples of Jesus. You're ultimately here to be used by God as his instrument to make more disciples and more followers of Jesus. That's your primary goal as a Christian. This is what you're here for. Your ultimate mission is not to make lots of money or climb the corporate ladder or advance the mission of America. Your ultimate purpose is to be used by God to make disciples wherever he has you and whatever he has you involved in. And so, how can you be more intentional about making disciples where God has put you? How can you utilize your job to make and mature disciples? How can you leverage service projects and meeting needs to make disciples? And what a joy it is that you and I and all of us Get to be involved in God's mission in this city. It's a joy. It shouldn't be daunting that I am called on mission. Oh. It's a joy. And do you know why it's a joy? I always remind myself and I always remind you guys of this that God has been, was on mission in San Diego way before we got here. 
And when we are gone or leave or are dead in a hundred years, if the world still exists, Jesus hasn't come, God will still be on mission. And the point of us being on mission is that we didn't get here and say, we're now going to start mission. No, God was on mission and he simply invited us into that mission. And by his grace, we had hearts that are obedient and said, yes, God, your mission in San Diego, making disciples. And we want to join in with what you've already been doing. And so, King's Cross Church, let's love God, love each other, and share the gospel like crazy so everyone everywhere may hear and believe and mature in Christ. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for all that you've done in your doing. You are good to us. Thank you for inviting us into your mission. And thank you for giving us hearts that said yes to what you've called us to. And so, God, as we continue to seek to make disciples through all of our outreach endeavors, God, I pray um, that we would have the main focus in mind, Lord, that you've called us to make and mature disciples. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Since King's Cross began, it's been a joy to witness our church family fulfill our mission to make disciples. It's been a joy. And so this Sunday, um, apart from hearing from me and kind of the foundations of our mission to make disciples, this Sunday, we're going to hear from several of um, our leaders who are going to be sharing um, just how God has been involved locally and globally. Um, I'm going to start off by just talking a bit about one of our kind of local outreach mission endeavors. It was through a church plant we were involved in called Center City Church um, last year. We were invited right, to be involved and partner with Gijo and James. Um, who knows Gijo and James here? Anyone know of them? Most of you do. Um, they were, um, um, you know, um, Gijo was in San Diego, James was in Minnesota. Is that how you put it? Minnesota. Um, and, and I get Michigan, Minnesota, all mixed up, and I always want to be clear. <laughs> Don't want to offend anyone. So, he came and they partnered in order to start a church in San Diego. They've been meeting. The church is east in La Mesa, um, and they've been doing a wonderful job. And in the coming year, we're going to be hearing updates from them, and it's been a joy for our church to be involved in this mission. We were able to support them financially, which is just testament of how generous you guys are as a church. And so we've been able to do that. And Juju, James, Dan, and I, we meet um, monthly or try to meet monthly um, to really just love and care for each other. And so they're doing really well. In fact, on Friday, Juju and Amy, his wife, um, came and shared at our parenting night. And it was a fantastic time. Um, and so we're thankful to be involved in that. And so the question you're asking, what else have we involved in locally? And to help you see that, I'm going to invite lovely Sierra to come and share. Hey guys. Hey. Hey. Thank you. Okay. 
fam. Uh, my name is Sierra, and I'm the director of local outreach and mercy ministry here at King's Cross. And I just want to share some of our heart and vision behind outreach and mercy ministry, just to kind of um, back up a little bit of what Obed was saying, and then talk to you about some of the things we as a body are getting involved in. Um, and so first, we've got a couple of slides. So first, what is local outreach and mercy ministry? As Obed was saying, um, here's some quick definitions. Uh, local outreach is pretty much what it sounds like. It's trying to go out locally and reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, and this is done in a variety of ways here at our church. It's done through evangelism, like Life Explored, uh, through collegiate ministers like NAVs and crew, um, through church-hosted community events like the Easter egg hunt that's going to be coming up. That is an outreach endeavor, right? Um, so there are lots of ways to reach out into the local community and try and spread the gospel. And so we want to be doing some of those things. Um, and then on the flip side, as Obed was talking about, there's mercy ministries. And you'll see the definition up there. Uh, mercy ministries is just the meeting of felt needs through deeds. Um, this is meeting the physical needs of those within the community, feeding homeless, fighting injustice, supporting foster families, caring for sick, elderly. It's just meeting needs um, through deeds. Um, and so there can actually be quite a bit of overlap between local outreach and mercy ministries, as there should be, right? Um, we believe in a big God who does lots of things for us. Um, and so let me just share kind of, I'm sure we all know the importance of outreach and mercy ministries. Like, we're all believers of Jesus. We kind of know that. Um, but let me share some quotes with you that I find super, super, super inspiring. Um, so first, some quotes regarding local outreach. Um, so spreading the gospel. Uh, Romans 1.6, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. In outreach ministry, we're trying to make the savior, right, of the world known. And that's super cool to participate in, as Obed was saying. Uh, Billy Graham has a great quote. He says, the greatest form of praise is the sound of consecrated feet seeking out the lost and helpless. So one of the ways we praise God is by seeking out the, the lost. Um, gosh, this Charles Spurgeon, dude, he's got, this is great. Listen to this, ready? If sinners be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our bodies. And if they perish, let them perish with our arms about their knees, imploring them to stay. If hell be filled, at least let it be filled in the teeth of our exertions. Let no one go there unwarned and unprayed for. Be inspired. Thanks, Charles Spurgeon. So that's some of our heart behind outreach. We want to reach as many people with the saving gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, so uh, let's look at mercy ministries. Um, and so this, again, is just meeting needs. And if you can actually go to the second quote. Um, this is kind of the first quote is just what Obed had said about how it's one of the ways that we can reach into the hearts of people to make them more interested in, in the gospel, right? Because they understand that there are needs, right? So that was the first Timothy Keller quote. It's a great quote. Timothy Keller is fantastic. You can read about it in his book, Ministries of Mercy. This though, guys, this, this is a super, super cool quote here. And some of you have heard it, but this is Flavius Claudius Julianus. He was the Roman emperor in 360 AD and he hated Christians, hated them, wanted to kick them out of Rome. And so I find this quote really, really inspiring. Um, and just a little bit of backgrounds. Anytime he says impious Galileans or atheist, he's talking about Christians, 
right? Because that would have been the people trying to turn people from the Roman pagan deities, right? And so he wants to advance the mission of the Roman pagan deities, and so he doesn't like Christians. Those are atheists. Um, And so this is what he says to one of the Roman pagan priests um, when he's talking to, to one of his priests. And so it says, he says, For it is disgraceful that when no Jew ever has to beg, and the impious Galileans, Christians, support not only their own poor, but ours as well, all men see that our people lack aid from us. Why do we not observe that it is their benevolence to strangers, their care of the graves of the dead, and the pretended holiness of their lives that has done most to increase atheism? Right? Those actions in the Roman culture have done most to increase Christianity. And then he instructs his, his, his pagan priest, I believe that we ought really and truly to practice every one of these virtues. And it is not enough for you alone to practice them. But you must tell all the priests, his pagan priests, in Galatia, without exception, to do this as well. Either shame or persuade them into righteousness, or else remove them from their priestly office. Okay? So this is what he is telling the Roman pagan priests. He's saying, be like the Christians, or else get removed from the your priestly office, because what the Christians are doing is so impactful that it's converting people to Christianity during this time. Um, I find this quote super, super, super inspiring, because he hated, he hated Christians, yet their care for the downtrodden was so impactful on society, and it was causing Christianity to grow so much um, that he couldn't kick them out. He wanted to kick them out, but he couldn't. They had made themselves necessary in this society. Um, And so that kind of causes me to pause um, and ask ourselves kind of that same question. How can we as a church family make ourselves so necessary in society that if we vanished overnight, a real lack would be felt in our community um, because we're just so integrated in serving the needs of our community. Um, So that's part of our vision for Mercy Ministries. Uh, We want to spread the gospel and meet the needs of our city for the glory, for the glory of God. That's, that's our vision there. Um, so let's talk about some of the ways we as King's Cross Church are doing this. The first is Life Explored, fam. And if you've been a member of King's Cross Church, you've heard a ton about Life Explored because it's amazing. If you're new here, Life Explored is one of our evangelism outreach ministries here at King's Cross where we hold community discussions on spirituality and the gospel. Um, And guys, so tonight is our last event of this season for Life Explored before we take a break um, for a little bit. So if you're a non-believer here today or a new believer, or even if you just haven't come to Life Explored before yet this season, come check it out tonight um, and see what it's about. See how we as King's Cross Church are trying to spread the gospel among the lost in our city. Um, Tonight we'll be talking about the idea of finding home, so that'll be really cool. What a great thing to communicate to the lost world, our ability to find home. Um, And it's from 6 to 7.45 p.m. at Hermosa Surf Shop in Bird Rock. So come talk to me after service if you'd like more information. We would definitely love if you guys came. Um, The next thing that we're getting involved in is Shoreline. Let's see if we can get that picture up there. There we go. Okay, so Shoreline. I'm sure many of you guys have heard about Shoreline through your community groups, but if you haven't, Shoreline is a local homeless organization that we're partnering with. 
Um, and so basically one Saturday a month, we're going to be partnering with them to cook and serve a meal to people who are homeless in Pacific Beach. Um, and so we're going to be getting volunteers through community groups um, where each community group will kind of own a Saturday. And so if this is something you would like to get involved in, you should definitely get plugged into a local community group um, because that's how we're gonna be trying to serve the homeless through our community groups. Um, and so we're super excited to be partnering with this organization and meeting um, the homeless needs in our city. And that leads me to this exciting event that Shoreline is going to be hosting. Yeah, okay, okay. So Shoreline, the homeless organization, they're hosting a fundraising event at Campland on May 1st. And basically it's going to be just this huge beach event where there'll be a DJ and an ice cream social and prizes and access to beach and marina rentals, a huge whole social event. Um, and so we wanna go. We as a church, if we can, want to go and represent King's Cross at this fundraising event. Um, Part of it is we want to love on Shoreline and participate in their ministry there, but then also be observable to the community. And so it's $10 a person or $30 a family. The cost is how Shoreline is raising funds to continue doing the work that they are doing to connect our unhoused neighbors with resources and services needed to get off the streets. Um, and so this is a great way for King's Cross to support Shoreline um, and to have us like all go out there and enjoy like this great beach party. And as you'll see on, on that slide, there's going to be a kickball tournament, guys, which is pretty cool. So we have the option to build a King's Cross representing team and own it at freaking kickball. So that'll be fun. <laughs> um, so we'll send out more details uh, later this week. But if you're interested in attending the beach party, and if you're interested in being a part of the kickball team, definitely let us know. We would love to get all of King's Cross to go to this event, represent King's Cross, and own it at kickball. So let's do that. Okay, so the next thing. Um, there's a couple more things, and I'm going to go through these a little bit more quickly. Um, so another thing that we're going to do to try and be involved in outreach, so we've done Life Explored, Shoreline, we're also going to have a large outreach event sometime this summer. Um, and so what we're doing is we're trying to do this large event, either partnering with a larger festival or hosting our own community event. Um, we're still praying through and talking through resources that we have available to figure out exactly what we're going to do. Um, but really what we want to do is try and make our presence known in the city. And this obviously isn't for our own renown. Um, what we want to do is to get to know more people so that we could spread the gospel to more people. Um, and one of the ways we do that is through a large outreach event. And so stay tuned for um, details coming up on that. That'll be sometime this summer um, as things get more solidified and planned. Um, and then additionally, you'll see serving Soledad Club. So we are in communication with those who rent out Soledad Club to us. Um, and we just want to serve uh, Soledad Club because it's they've been providing us this amazing space with an absolutely amazing view. Um, and so we want to love on them and try and fix things that they would like to have fixed or, or paint if they'd like us to have paint or to paint the, the building and just serve the building because we're so grateful and blessed to be here. Um, and so as those details roll out, we'll roll them out to you guys. Um, and we'd love for you guys to come partner and serve and love on Soledad Club. Um, and then kindly one of the final things you'll see there in bold is that resource survey. Um, so we had this church resource survey and fam, thank you so much 
to everyone who filled out the resource survey. Um, it was such an encouragement to hear the resources and talents people in this family had and to hear what they think the strengths of King's Cross are um, as a body. Um, so if you haven't filled out the survey, definitely do so. And we're actually doing some cool kind of like data, data analytics um, on the, the information that we're getting back. Um, and I really wanted to like share some of that today, but we just like don't have time to share it right now. And so fill out the survey, we'll add your information to the data analytics, and then we'll roll it out through email or GroupMe so you can kind of see uh, some of the strengths of King's Cross as a body. Um, it's been a huge encouragement to get to see those strengths and get to see it rolled out. So we wanna share that with you guys. And this helps cast a vision for ways God might be calling us as a body into outreach and mercy ministries, just because it highlights the unique people that God has brought to our church. Um, so fill that out. The link will be on GroupMe. If you're not a part of GroupMe, talk to Obed or I so you can get a part of GroupMe because that is how we roll out communication here at King's Cross Church, fam. Um, okay, and then one final thing. Um, one of the last sections of kind of local outreach is our involvement in supporting collegiate ministers. So King's Cross uh, kind of supports them um, financially, and we also seek to pour into our collegiate ministers spiritually so they can go out uh, during the week and minister to college students on college campuses. And so if you could just scroll through some of the pictures as um, I talk here. Yeah, these are these are our collegiate ministers, guys. So this is Joseph and Kimmy Brewer. They do. Whoop. <laughs> guys, so, so, okay, okay. So we have the Brewers. We have... Um, we have Rebecca Miller, who you just saw, um, and then we have Jess Mardis, um, and she's sitting up here at the at the front. And those are our SDSU, UCSD, NAVs, and crew members here in our church who are on mission every day of the week with college students. Um, and what a cool mission field that is to to be involved in. Um, so basically, a couple of things. Af so one bummer thing: the Brewers are in Florida fundraising, so you don't get to see them here today. And then. Rebecca is downstairs leading Kidsman. So she can't be in the back tabling or anything like that. But, Re uh, not Rebecca, sorry, Jess will be in the back. Um, she has some prayer cards. If you could just go up and talk to her about things she needs prayer for, get to hear a little bit more of her heart in college ministry. So she'll be back there at the end of service today. Just stop by, say hi, grab a prayer card, put on your fridge and commit to praying um, for our collegiate ministers. Um, before I close out here, uh, let me share something with you that Rebecca Miller said, um, and I just found this really humbling. So we asked her, what's a specific difficulty of collegiate ministry? Um, and, and she said, I feel inadequate so much of the time. Students have gone through so much these past few years with COVID, family struggles and pressures, mental health, and much more. It is an honor to walk alongside them, but it can be heavy. And I have to learn over and over again how to depend on the Lord and point others to him, as I cannot be the one to fix everything. So yeah, fam, be praying intently for our collegiate ministers. Uh, talk to Jess afterwards, hear what prayer she needs, um, and we'll try to send out more information about our dearly loved collegiate ministers at, at some point. But let's commit to investing in their spirituality, strengthening strengthening them as they go out into college ministry and praying for them throughout the week. Um, so guys, that was a lot. As always, if you have questions, please come and talk with me. I'm here to be a resource to you. And yeah, we're pumped 
pumped, guys, to see the way King's Cross is stepping out more and more into outreach and mercy ministries. Thanks. Oba, do you want to share about Global? Thank you, Sierra. She's so fiery, isn't she? <laughs> Earlier I said, you know, how lovely Sierra, and she gets up here. I should have said, how fiery and passionate Sierra. Um, good job on that. And man, like, we have an opportunity to really make a lasting impact um, on this city, and we're thankful for the resources God has given us for us to get involved. I just want to give a quick on global outreach. Global outreach is um, just our outreach outside of America, and um, we have the first one I want to talk about is our missionaries in Middle East. Um, we're not supposed to show a photo um, or even reveal their names. We want to protect them. Um, and what they're doing, because where they're at, um, it's really hard. I think 80% of the people they're ministering to there are Muslim. Um, and so we want to protect and make sure that they're safe. But um, we will refer to them as A and V. Um, and they are in a country, um, like I said, that is mostly Muslim. Um, recently, they have shared that their church body has been struggling um, with pushback from family members who are not Christians and are not supportive of their choices to follow Jesus. And so, um, and so they've asked us to pray um, for their church as they navigate new marriages, members being kicked out of their homes for the sake of Jesus. That happens a lot um, in countries like that and a continual struggle for health in the face of the pandemic. And so AMV are continuing to faithfully share the gospel with the people there and are thankful for the support and prayers for King's Cross Church. And I've had the opportunity to meet them. Um, they're a lovely couple um, and we are incredibly thankful to be involved in supporting them. For kind of our global outreach side, um, Jeremy and Nicole and Ian and Melissa oversee that. They weren't able to be here um, this Sunday, um, but if you want more information on everything we're doing globally, see them and they will be happy um, to inform you. And so um, we'll send out m much of this information via email during the week, but um, we will and kind of specific prayer points for our missionaries in the Middle East. Um, when I think about a year or two into our church plant, um, I got to meet um, a lovely fella um, with a unique name. Um, he was of German descent, and um, I got to know him because of the European connection and stuff like that. <laughs> um, and he came to our church and informed me he was involved in college ministry through the Navigators. Um, <laughs> um, and not only that, um, one of the ladies he was working with on the college campus, UCSE through Navigators, also was participating in our church. And we got to know, I think, before um, I got to know this young lad and young lad. Why do I keep saying young lad? Do I feel old? Yes, I do. And I got to, um, I got to meet her. She was a wonderful singer. They got plugged into our church family as well as being on mission on the college campus at UCSD. And not long after, they both started to have um, an interest, a romantic interest in each other. 
And when I heard about it, I was joyous. I was very happy. I could see it coming. Um, and then eventually they started dating and um, um, got married and now um, and continue to be part of college ministry. And now God has called them um, to go on mission in Germany. Um, and they are here today and we are incredibly thankful to be supporting them and to be sending sending them out to Germany. And so Tylon and Katie Pevenecki are here and they're gonna share a little bit about um, what God has called them to in Germany. I'm so excited and can't wait to hear and pray for you later. Good morning, King's Cross Church. We're really, really excited to be back with you guys. I think the last time we were here was several months ago now. Um, it feels like it's been a while. Um, but yeah, as Obed said, we're getting ready to leave um, for Germany. We'll be going to a city in Eastern Germany, um, the city of Dresden. It's right on the border with the Czech Republic and Poland, so about as far east as you can get, it feels like. Um, and one of the main reasons we want to go there is to reach um, college students at the local university in Dresden um, because there's tremendous need there. 80% um, of the people that are in this city um, would identify as atheist or non-religious, um, which means that the ma vast majority of people there um, don't believe in any sort of God or religion whatsoever. Um, it's incredibly post-Christian and it's an incredibly dark place that's in desperate need of the gospel. Um, so we're excited to announce we're, we're leaving California on Tuesday, so in two days, which is incredible. Um, and then we'll be um, heading to Florida to see my family because as some of you guys might remember, I was our church's resident Florida man before I left. <laughs> uh, and then after seeing my family for a week, we're um, moving full time to Germany. So, yeah, I'll hand the mic off to Katie, and she can share a little bit about what we've been up to and how we've seen God really, really bless us over these past few months. Yeah, um, so we left San Diego in October, uh, and we have been nomads since then. We moved out of our apartment, sold a lot of our, or gave away a lot of our things, um, and haven't had a home. And so um, one of the things that we've um, seen God really provide for is that we have an apartment in San Diego, or not in San Diego, we gave that away. We have an apartment in Germany, um, and it was the first apartment that we looked at and applied for, and we actually didn't even really apply for it. We sent in just Tylon's payslips and uh, started the application, and he sent us an email saying, your application has convinced me, and I want you to live in this apartment. <laughs> and we're like, this must be a mistake. We must be mistranslating, but it was not a mistake. Um, and it was just so cool to see the Lord, like our teammate who is German was there and she saw it and she's like, just so you know, I don't think you're gonna get this place, so don't get your hopes up. And we got the place um, and there's a housing shortage right now. And so that was just such a gift. Um, and then another thing that we are praying for is that we would be fully funded um, with all of our needs before we left um, for our cross-cultural training in Colorado that we were at this past month. And the day before we left, the rest of our support came in. And so we just saw God's faithfulness time and time and time again. Um, and so we're so thankful, um, have seen God provide. We're kind of, we're kind of preparing as if um, 
the Lord has made it really easy leading up to the move because it's going to be really hard and we have to be like, remember, remember what I've done. Remember how I've provided. Like, remember the answers to prayers that came in before you thought they would. Um, so that on the days and the weeks and the language learning that when that gets really challenging, we'll remember um, how good he is and how faithful he's been to provide. Um, and so, yeah, we finished our training um, just in the midst of saying goodbyes um, and just really hoping that we can do that well. Um, as we transition, it'll be at least, I think our commitment is for five years, Lord willing, um, but we want to be open-handed to the Lord if he does choose to keep us there longer. Um, our desire working in collegiate ministry is to work ourselves out of a job. Um, we would love to see German college students raised up that want to reach other college students with the gospel and that wanna, we can hand the torch to. Um, and then maybe he'll direct us somewhere else. But for now, we want to be faithful and go where he's called us. And we truly believe that that's Dresden, Germany. And so that's where we're going. So, yeah. Yeah. So in terms of what's next, um, after we arrive, we'll be setting up our apartment because it comes with absolutely nothing, which includes a kitchen sink. There's no kitchen sink or cabinets. So we have to do all of that <laughs> once we arrive. And then shortly after that, we'll dive into um, our first year of language learning. That'll be kind of our primary responsibility because um, I speak some German. Katie speaks a little less German. <laughs> um, but that'll kind of be like the plan for us um, after our first year there. And then from there, our genuine hope is that as we, we start to integrate into the college ministry that is happening um, at TU Dresden, um, that we can begin to reach the lost and raise them up in their faith and then send them back out onto the university campus, onto their workplace after they graduate, into the city, into the um, church communities that are present there, equipped with the gospel so that for the rest of their lives they can reach um, Germans and they can reach um, the many refugees that are in Germany with the gospel of Jesus um, so that we can see a revival in this incredibly spiritually dark place. So that's our hope and that's our vision. Um, that's what we long to see, and that's how you guys can be praying for us. Um, if you want to be keeping up with us as we go, there's some information on that up there. If you want to be receiving email updates and you currently aren't, you can sign up for them at tinyurl.com forward slash Press. We also have a computer on one of the tables in the back there that you can sign up for them as well. Um, we've also just started a um, Instagram account that will be putting like updates and showing all of the delicious pastries that we get to eat and... Um, um, prayer updates as well. So if you want to follow us on Instagram, that's um, pervaneki.press, or you can scan the QR code that's up there as well. Um, yeah. So thank you guys so much. You guys have been and continue to be an incredible church family to us, and we are so, so grateful for each and every one of you guys. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, you guys wait here. I'm going to invite a couple of people up so that we can pray for them and kind of send them out in prayer. And so if you guys could come. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Good idea. I didn't know the, um, you guys, it's so exciting to hear um, not just what you're going to be doing, but how God has been faithful in providing. Um, and so we're going to pray for you guys. Um, and um, trust that God has been at work and he'll continue to faithfully be at work in your life. It's exciting. I was listening to them thinking, I remember when Ellen and I, we sold and gave away everything to come on mission in America. So, you know, it's, it's fantastic. So.
Um, and so let's pray as many of you as possible. Let's grab the mic so it can be heard um, through our live stream. Um, and so if you're going to pray, just make sure you grab the mic. Yeah, cool. If you want to start us off and I'll close us in, uh, you know, a few minutes. Let's pray. Pray with us, church. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are a gracious and loving God and that you've brought us into your forever family and that we get to um, participate, Lord, not only in our, our city and our local church, but mm. throughout the globe, Lord, seeing more and more come to your family. Uh, and so I pray for, for spiritual strength in Christ for Tylon and Katie. Mm. Lord, thank you for your calling on their life. I pray that you would um, help them to remember the truth of who you are and what you've called them to do. Yeah. Lord, when they're tempted to doubt, when the enemy inevitably comes for uh, a spiritual attack against them, Lord, I pray that you would um, fit them with, mm. with the spiritual armor that you've given them, um, that they would be, be ready and be able to stand. Um, Lord, I pray that you would strengthen their, their marriage and uh, maybe their growing family one day to be representatives of you. Lord, I pray that um, as they transplant their lives into Germany, Lord, that you would give them favor uh, with the lost and that you would um, raise up students in Christ and, and really work the Pervenekis out of a job, Lord, because we could see renewal and revival in that city. Yeah, Lord, I, I just thank you for who you are and your kindness and faithfulness to Katie and Tylon. Um, I also thank you just for their faithfulness to, uh, to answer your call on them and to follow where you're calling them. Uh, it's not, not everyone can uh, take these steps of courage and boldness to make such a, a dramatic move and radical decision for you. Um, but I just pray that you would continue to bless them, continue to show your faithfulness to them uh, over these next five years as they are yeah, just pursuing others for your your gospel um, and your kingdom advancing. I pray that you would continue to to just make those um, really sweet uh, little blessings that you've already showed them so far um, so many times and just I love hearing um, just how much you you want to confirm that this is where they're supposed to be. Uh, I pray over just their last times with family and, and friends that you would just bless those conversations and let them be, um, yeah, just fulfilling and, and lasting memories uh, that they can take with them and know that they are loved and cared for and so supported by those that are still here. Um, yeah, and I pray also that you would just be preparing a really sweet community for them in Dresden. Um, and yeah, I just thank you for the way that you've called them there and for um, the college students that are there that we don't know yet um, and they don't know yet, but they get to, to be around them and uh, learn from them and grow um, to know you more because of these lives right here. We just thank you for who you are and how much you love them and how much you love us and that you invite us to be a part of your work. Um, and you invite Katie and Tylon to be a part of your work in Dresden. So I just thank you.
Dad, as I think about my own coming to you, I think about how pivotal Katie was um, in walking with me through the Navigators to taste and see that you were sweet um, and how much, how, what a role Katie played in bringing me closer to you, Dad. Um, and so I'm so, so excited to see this couple go to Germany and get to do the same things in the lives of other other new believers and young believers in Dresden. Um, Dad, Dresden is getting an amazing couple, um, and I pray that that this couple would be refreshing to to the Christians there. Um, how how exhausting it must be to be a Christian um, in in such and to be such a minority in a such a post-Christian environment. And so may Katie and Tylon really get to refresh um, the Christians that are there and grow them up to taste and see that you are sweet and bring them closer to you, Dad. Because um, that's you're, you're such a good dad. Um, and we just desperately want to see people saved and come to you and get to be in um, deep relationship with you, um, with transformed hearts and transformed minds. Um, and so strengthen Katie and Tylon um, as they're trying to go out and strengthen these college students. Will you give them supernatural strength of the Holy Spirit to continue staying faithful to you, to continue um, pursuing and fighting this battle even when it's hard and even when things aren't um, reaping all the, the fruits that they would like to see? Um, and may they just come to rely on you more and more, Dad, um, because in the end we know that we can never save a single soul. Um, that we just follow your will and do what we can, but in the end, it's you who saves. Um, and part of that's a blessing, that we never have to bear the burden of really saving anyone, because we couldn't. Um, but sometimes we bear that burden, even though it's not ours to bear. And so may Katie and Tylon lean into you more um, and continue to taste your sweetness as they are giving and giving to um, the Christians and the non-believers in Dresden. Um, and however you've called us as King's Cross to continue loving on them, may we do that faithfully. Uh, may we continue to be a source of spiritual support um, and encouragement to this couple um, as they're out in the world. Um, we're so grateful that you've blessed us with the resources to support them financially. Um, and we want to continue doing that and continue supporting them spiritually, however you call us to do, um, Dad. And in the end, we pray. We pray for every single student that they will meet um, all the non-believers, that they would come and really, truly um, repent and turn to Jesus Christ for their source of life and satisfaction, um, and that you would get to bless Katie and Tylon in that way by them getting to see non-believers come to you through the work that you've called them to, Dad. Um, keep them safe in that country, um, and may they just flourish together uh, for your kingdom. Um, we want to bring your kingdom here sooner rather than later because it is the coolest kingdom. God, thank you for this amazing couple and their willingness to go. Thank you for their boldness to step out into what you have called them to do. And as they step in that boldness, I pray for protection over them. I pray that they would remember every morning to put on your armor and that nothing of the devil, devil will penetrate them because they are covered in you and that they would be reminded that um, there are people back at home praying over them and protecting them as they step into this uh, mission that you have called them to do and that you would just you've gone before them Lord and I just pray that you will continue to pave the path for them and th that you are stirring the hearts of the students that they are 
going to minister to that there is already this yearning and desire for something different, for something more, and that that Katie and Tylan would just step into that, the work that you are already doing there. So I just thank you for what you are doing in their lives and the lives that they will touch. Thankful for what you've called them to, and we are thankful to participate in that. And so as they go, may you um, become more and more um, precious in their sight and in their hearts. And may they help others to know and taste of your goodness. Mm -hmm. And in Jesus' name we pray. Mm -hmm. Amen. 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 Amen.